Hey y'all, this is Benny, the host of the Last Week at Podcast. Before we really get into this week's episode, I just wanted to say that it's been great fun for me and my co-host Mayank to use this podcast as a medium to chat with an incredible area of guests from all over the world on a variety of topics in the cricketing universe. For a couple of amateur podcasters, this is all possible due to Spotify for podcasters. And if you want to get in on this as well, here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then, you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. As added features, video podcasts are also now available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. So if you have an idea for a podcast, give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com podcasters to get started. Welcome to The Last Wicket, a podcast that, much like Virat Kohli, needs to take a break now and then. I'm your host, Benny, and thank you for tuning in. This week, my fellow host, Mike, and I got to chat with Johns Benny, aka Crick Crazy Johns on Twitter, who you may know as one of the more well-known cricket superfans on social media. Both Mike and Johns got an opportunity to watch a bit of cricketing action in the Caribbean recently, and so we figured it was a good idea to share some notes on the experience. Stay tuned for some fascinating anecdotes and brief thoughts on the Indian team's chances in the upcoming T20 World Cup. All right, so I'm going to first start with uh, John's Benny. Um, it's always nice to speak with another Benny. doesn't happen very often for me. But John's... Um, well, first of all, thank you for joining uh, the last wicket. Uh, I'm 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 really looking forward to talking uh, talking to you because uh, I've I've seen your name and I've come across you on social media, um, and you have a big following. And I know you have interacted with a lot of not just fans but but also you know journalists, play, players. So I'm kind of curious about how you got into cricket and how you got into just kind of developing this social media following. So let's start from there. How did you get into, you know, cricket? Uh, I think it, start, it all started in 2004. Uh, I used to play cricket in, in my backyard. Uh, there are a couple of friends. Uh, there are four to five friends who used to play every day uh, after schools. Uh, and gradually, uh, earlier there was no cable for us. There was only DD1 and DD News. So, uh, the viewing was limited to India's matches and uh, international ICC trophies uh, for first uh, two, three years. Then, in two th- before 2007 World Cup uh, cable came, uh, then there was no stopping. Uh, we used to follow lots of cricket matches happening across the world. Uh, then, IPL came and that has impacted a lot as well from 2008. Uh, then, uh, the 2011 ODA World Cup. Uh, win especially uh, made uh, a a grey casual cricket fan into more uh, a, a more a good viewer uh, to uh, cricket. So that is how it all happened. And in 2014, uh, I first started in Facebook. We had a group as well in Facebook. Uh, I guess there was around one lakh followers was there. Uh, the new uh, the group name was Cricket Rulers. So we used to post about all the matches. We used to have match threads, etc. Uh, but in 2015, after the World Cup, uh, there was a copyright issue. And that is how I uh, went to uh, Twitter as well in 2016. I was not active uh, much in Twitter uh, in the first couple of years. We, I used to just post one or two things, etc. Uh, but in 2017-18, now I started following and I... Uh, have been more active in Twitter. Uh, then uh, the change in Twitter happened in 2019 World Cup. 
uh, that was the turning point a uh, few posts uh, got huge reach in 2019 world cup uh, then uh, uh, then this uh, many people used to start, started following me uh, then news uh, from these websites i used to pick up so everything has helped uh, together uh, to get this much followers uh, so that has been the journey for last uh 16 to 18 years in cricket that that is so fascinating because what you just described is like the perfect fan journey that you know what fans would like you know i remember uh, there was a time when i used to just kind of pretty much like yeah, I, i feel like i'm talking like as if i'm a really old person but the thing is probably about 10 15 years ago i was kind of in a similar situation where i i watched not just indian cricket but like cricket happening in other countries i used to watch county cricket i think they used to put it on star sports um and i didn't even know any anything about the players but it was cricket and i used to watch cricket and uh, and it, it, it's fascinating it's also a reflection i feel of the social media age where with twitter facebook and even like reddit you know there's just so much engagement among fans in social media and you found a way to you know essentially your passion for cricket uh, you've managed to translate that into something a, a little more a journey now that's kind of led you to a place where you know now recently you went to the caribbean you got to interact with other fans you got to interact with players um so I, i'm i'm kind of curious before before you you know went to the caribbean uh recently have you watched any other games like live have you gone to the stadium and you know done something similar uh, i haven't interacted to cricketers but i have watched uh, live international games i think my first international game was in 2007 uh, when india toured australia uh, for seven match series if i am right and uh, kochi hosted the second t20 second odi or third odi uh, on october in 2007 that was my first international game Uh, then i watched in 2013 uh, india versus england and i believed in that game uh, dhoni uh, reina and jadeja scored 50s uh, then uh, from kochi uh, they shifted the games to games to tirunelveliram uh, mainly due to kerala blasters coming to kochi uh, and they uh, the uh, cricket turf changed football as well so uh, then the international game uh, has been hosted in tirunelveliram uh, then i watched one odi and one t20 there and they'll be hosting uh, a t20 game as well on september against west uh, against south africa fm right so they have been getting the game so i have watched at least uh, five or six international games in the stadium in kerala but uh, this was my first experience outside kerala i haven't watched any international game outside kerala uh, so west indies has been my first experience uh, to watch a cricket game live outside kerala uh, in international or in domestic as well so let's start there and i was going to ask mike as well since uh mike was uh, there as well for the you know for the west indies series um uh, what was uh john's what was your experience um like you mentioned that was your first experience watching outside of kerala so how big of a difference was that for you you know just watching it in a different country with fans from you know the other other country but also you're interacting with fans in other indian fans and also you know keeping in mind the strength of the indian team that they've been doing really well so all of this combined what what was your experience like i think if for the first tour it was great uh, fans was uh, there were lots of fans and we uh, in the first innings we were sitting in party stand as well Uh, so that was a great experience uh, and especially west indies play west indies fans has been so welcoming uh, they used to come and ask what you want uh, like juice or other things etc they will be talking cricket with us uh, they will be saying uh, what happened uh, west indies in 1970s or 1980s etc there were a few fans who were sitting uh, with me who used to share the stories from that uh for a couple of minutes etc and uh, right now they are going through a struggle uh they have few players but they are not playing as a team and that has been the biggest worry so uh, these things they used to uh, talk to me so first t20 was a lot more engaging but in second and third t20 
if if uh, you ask anyone, especially in third, second T20, there were fans, but in third T20, it was really less. I uh, really don't know the reason, but uh, there were few celebrations going outside uh, cricket as well, and I believe there was an election as well in Saint Kitts. So that was one of the reasons why there was there has been less uh, turnout in third T20. But second T20 was also engaging. But uh, if you compare with the first T20, uh, it was really less uh, because we all know uh, uh, Trinidad and Tobago is better uh, for cricket watching, and there has been lots of superstars as well. I believe Kiran Pollard also came in the first T20 uh, uh, to watch the match, and the uh, atmosphere as well. Uh, if you look at uh, in in CPL as well, uh, Trinidad and Tobago has been better. Uh, viewing experience for fans uh, compared to any other grounds uh, for CPL etc. So uh, that has helped uh, in the first T20. Uh, then uh, if you look at, I don't, I don't see much uh, difference in watching a game in Kerala and in West Indies. I haven't seen that, but uh, the only thing I found out uh, was players' access because players was walking through. Uh, almost a one meter uh, or two meters. Uh, that has been my first experience as well. I haven't seen uh, that much close. If you look at uh, when I came uh, into the hotel or uh, in uh, in uh, Trinidad and Tobago, uh, first thing I saw was Akshay Patel and Avesh Khan uh, walking together uh, in that uh, hotel lobby. So I haven't seen that kind of thing in India. Uh, then after five minutes, I saw Rahul Dravid. Uh, then after 10 minutes, I think I saw uh, Vikram Rato. So uh, the players was coming and going. And even in the morning as well, I, uh, for the breakfast, uh, players was coming. And I was I, I then few friends who came in the fan court was sitting and having the fan uh, breakfast. And at the uh, another uh, section, uh, the players like Strayers, uh, Rohit Sharma, etc. was sitting and having the breakfast. So, that is the one thing I found out most agree uh, than uh, viewing cricket in West Indies. Mike, let, let me turn to you very, very quickly. Um, you've, you're, no, you're no stranger to the Caribbean. You've been there before, um, uh, especially Trinidad. I believe you, you, you were there in 2016, correct? Yes, uh, correct. So what is your experience like going back uh, a second time? Uh, so it was uh, definitely a different vibe. Um, I think John's a spot on that the access that we had to players is something that's really not something we've seen anywhere. Um, and in, in, when I traveled to England, I'd seen uh, the England English team stay with us and the Empire stay in the same team. Uh, but even then, they're not you know walking around as freely as people in the Caribbean do. Um, so yeah, that access wise, definitely there was a big difference from what I've seen in India or elsewhere. Um, the difference in Trinidad 2016 versus now was, well, one Trinidad had gone for a test match. Uh, so there wasn't as much crowd. It was definitely less people coming in from, you know, the U S from Canada, from, you know, parts of the Caribbean where Indian populations live. So from that aspect, it was definitely a lighter turnout. Um, which was, you know, in, in a way, it was a good thing because we had, uh, you know, more time to interact with players and things like that. You know, while in Saint Kitts, and I didn't see the first T20 like John's did, but I saw the second and third in Saint Kitts. There were tons of Indian fans and a lot of families traveling. They were all, you know, in their Indian jerseys and they were chasing players constantly around the hotel, which, you know, obviously some of them found a little bit annoying as well. Um, so I think in that aspect, it was definitely a slightly different experience. And if I had to go back, I would probably watch a test match again over a T20, just because it's a lot more calm and you can actually sit back and enjoy the cricket rather than worry about uh, 20 people running in front of you and, you know, trying to get themselves on, on camera and, and interrupting your <laughs> view of the cricket. And uh, I know Don's kind of briefly mentioned about the players interacting, uh, interacting with players or even just seeing them up close compared to how you would see them in India. Uh, so Mike, you had an encounter with uh, a childhood hero. Uh, I saw a, a very uh, interesting picture. Can you talk to <laughs> us about that? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, to 
to people who don't know, my my childhood hero has been Rahul Dravid for about 20 years now. So uh, for me to actually physically see him, you know, as John's was saying, a meter away from me, it was was incredible. And that happened a couple of times and he was always in a hurry and trying to organize something or the other. So I never really got a chance to actually talk to him until uh, Sunday, which was the day before the second T20. And um, I was, our hotel room, we realized was in the same floor as Rohit Sharma, Rahul Dravid, and many of the other team members. And um, there's an open lobby and we saw Dravid talking to somebody on the support staff on the fourth floor. And um, we didn't we didn't want to disturb them. So it just didn't feel appropriate. It, again, felt like he was taking care of business. So I started walking towards the elevator because we were just going down for a drive. And at that very moment, he started coming up to probably go back to his room. And so I gathered the courage to just ask him for a photo and he obliged, but he obliged for like a half a second. <laughs> so all I had time was just take a quick photo. And even before I could, you know, say anything. He looked very thrilled, by the way, in that <laughs> photo. I think we'll, we'll probably share it on uh, the Last Wicked Twitter account. But he looked very thrilled to be taking a picture with you. <laughs> oh, he was, yeah, he was very over it. I, I think that's that's typically Dravid. And I feel like we've heard similar stories from other fans who've interacted with him over the years that he's, you know, he's very focused on his job and not really worried about talking to fans or interacting with them. So, um, yeah, it, it, I mean, it wasn't a, you know, wow experience, but it was still kind of cool to have a photograph with the man. Um, yeah, someday it would be awesome to actually get a chance to sit and have a chat with him. But uh, I don't know if that day will ever come. <laughs> it may it may happen. But, uh, you know, John, I'm, I'm very curious that, you know, the biggest thing about Indian cricket fandom is the players, right? It's the superstardom, um, which kind of makes Indian cricket unique. I mean, there are a lot of other cricket teams with a lot of good players, but I don't think any other country, barring, you know, like some of the other Asian teams like Pakistan, you know, the players and the, the connection between players and fans, that, that bond is very unique. So did you get a chance to interact with any players even very briefly like talk to them have any conversation with them because obviously this is a more relaxed setting than if they were in India because they're they're probably mobbed by fans all the time but here it seems like it was a very relaxed environment overall and there were some of the star players missing and even the West Indies you know they're not at their usual strength so it just seems like overall this was probably a great environment for fans to interact with the players so did you get a chance to do that uh yes a uh, couple of players uh there was uzi jahal then hardik pandya and rishabh pand and ishan Kishan. these are the four players i got uh, in uh, time for more interaction and uh, uzi jahal it was around six to seven hours uh it's not uh, through my ability or anything um we wait, had, wait 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 uh, you spoke with Yudhi Chahal for six to seven hours? Yes, we had the opportunity. What were you talking to him for seven hours? I think uh, outside cricket, uh, then uh, we think cricket, uh, uh, cricket was more really less compared to other topics. Uh, it was more outside how people are watching cricketers in India or how people are watching cricketers uh, in, outside India, then his family life. Uh, there, are, there are many things um, which has been talked uh, through that region. And uh, the, the people who came uh, with me as well, like uh, they are really big influencers in Instagram. Uh, some of them has uh, 2.4 million followers. Uh, some of them has... 780 or 890k uh, followers and we have got one or one guy from uh, fan code marketing team as well so he knows most players so uh, that has helped us to get more access to the players and that is one of the reasons why we got the opportunity to talk with Hardik Pandey a lot uh, so that has uh, reduced the gap between uh, out, we as a cricket fan and the cricketer like Hardik or Uzi as well so uh, his, his name is Abhinav. I believe he is one of the marketing head or marketing uh, staff of fan court. So uh, that has helped us a lot. Uh, so uh, first was um, Yuzi Chahal. I believe he came 
uh, we were just uh, sitting and walk because we came uh, in a night then we had a break uh, on the next day because of jet lag etc uh, so we were in the hotel for most times so around uh, 4 pm or 5 pm uh, we saw yuzi chahal there uh, in that uh, riverside um, area so uh, then he came to us uh, he started talking uh, first it was about cricket etc uh, etc et then uh, some of the guys were instagram followers uh, instagram influencers so they used to do these reels etc uh, so and yuzi has been doing the reels for a long time Uh, so they you they talked about that how that works how you make the contents etc uh, there were lots of things uh, then a uh, few of the masks about the uh, world cup commission in last year uh, then how he came back uh, about ipl etc now they had the experience in rcb uh, then the experience in rajasthan royals so there were many many things we talked uh, through that 6 7 hours then uh, he ordered uh, food for us uh he ordered i believe uh, whatever they need uh, he ordered for us because that was his last day in west indies he was going uh, day after that because he was not part of the t20 setup uh, so uh, he was rested so he was so free compared to other players so it went uh, till uh, 11 uh, 12 am or 1 am something west indies time uh, then uh, during that time uh, hardik pandey also joined for around 20 or 25 minutes uh, he had dinner with us uh, because uh, even though he didn't order uh, from uh, that hotel because he has uh, his own chef etc so uh, he uh, took uh, food from his hotel room then he had the dinner with us uh, then he went after 20 or 25 minutes because match was there on the next day so we didn't had that much uh, uh, talking with hardik pandey on that day but after uh, one day i believe uh, we had more interaction with hardik pandya uh, we walked uh, because that was uh, for the second or third day i believe i don't forget that day uh, and it was a different hotel as well compared to the last hotel uh, in this uh, the second in the sankits it was a huge hotel uh, because it's really tough to uh, watch each and everything in that hotel within one day something even uh, he knows that he was part of that hotel uh, so it is really tough uh, it, it is almost like uh, two cricket stadiums if i am right uh, together joining that hotel uh, then uh, we walked uh, with hardik pandey around 20 to 30 minutes and during that time uh, we met uh, ishan kishan uh, then uh, rishabh pandey etc but uh, everything happened mainly because of the ability of that marketing guy from fan code uh, plus uh, the instagram influencers as well uh, so without them i don't think i would have met these players uh, but they were so kind as well uh, uh, especially yuzi chahal uh, he was really really kind even hardik pandey as well uh, even though the uh, the hours with hardik pandey was really less but uh, yeah, especially after these things all happened then um after the third t20 uh, he came to us uh, to take pictures uh, to give the autograph etc for uh, 10 to 20 minutes after the third t20 uh, so it was really kind and west indies press was uh, was terrific uh, it was really unreal experience whenever they used to see us uh, they used to smile then they used to give the fist pump uh, uh, especially obed mccoy then nicolas puran Uh, then few others as well so uh, all thanks to fan court uh, i never i never thought these things would be happening uh, but it was uh, once in a lifetime experience for me that, that that's amazing i mean you know it's it's funny like you know we think of cricketers especially indian cricketers as these superstars who live in a bubble and who live in a world of their own and then you hear stories like these and it uh especially like the the very fact that chahal gave so much time uh to just chat about not just cricket but just about life and you know that's that's really amazing and you know you, you mentioned the west indian players and i wonder how much of that is also just um you know just the influence of the ipl where they've come to india they've played in india for a long time interacted with fans and you know so i i wonder how much of that is also part of it But Mike, did do you have any of your own interactions apart from Rahul Dravid? 
Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, so one of the interactions that I'll definitely remember is Kuldeep Yadav. Um, so the first night that we arrived in St. Kitts, we were extremely tired after all the travel. And, and so we just decided to grab pizza at the hotel. And we were sitting by the pool, just having pizza. And um, um, Kuldeep Yadav was walking around with the physio and, you know, we just, we just said hi. And he responded hi. And then they walked around the beach on their way back. Um, he was walking even slower and the physio was somewhere else. So uh, we started chatting with him, just asking him how he was doing um, um, and, you know, things like that. And he was, he just stood there and just chatted with us and very relaxed. And then we were like, if you're okay, can we take a photograph? And he was like, huh, bilkul, why not? And, you know, so he was very friendly with us and we, we probably chatted five to 10 minutes. And then after that, um, a couple of days later, actually after the 30, 20, um, we were we were going to a restaurant at, uh, for dinner and at that point he was just we saw him walk out of the hotel and just walking outside and uh, we were like well I don't know why he's just walking by himself and so we were going in the same direction so we asked him uh, you know if he wanted if he wanted us to drop him somewhere and he like considered that for a second and he was like no no it's all good I, I got this so it was, it was very relaxed it was like you know you're just asking a colleague or somebody, you know, somebody you've known for a while. Um, so that was definitely uh, probably the most relaxed interaction. Um, I also had the chance to talk a little bit with Akil Hossein uh, of the West Indies. We um, got in touch with this uh, Indian businessman who lives in St. Kitts. And he was also a former cricketer. So he's played with a bunch of these uh, West Indies cricketers. And so uh, anyway, so I was talking to, you know, we were talking to this uh, Indian businessman and uh, he was just telling us that he, you know, some of these players and, and, and so on. And just as he was saying that Akil Hussain arrived in the lobby and he just turned around and said, hey, Akil. And um, he came over and we, we chatted for a couple of bit, took a, took a photograph and then they, they both went out for dinner. Um, and the same guy also went out with, for dinner with Shreya Sayer and Rishabh Pant a couple of days back, Nicholas Buran as well. So we heard some stories, but yeah, that was probably um, the most I, I personally interacted with the players. So I want to kind of jump into uh, the Indian cricket fandom for a minute. We kind of talked about the players, but uh, I'm also curious about you, uh, both of you, um, not just in India, but you know, recently here in, in the Caribbean, interacting with other Indian players. Um, I know that uh, both of you were uh, in St. Kitts, where you know, with the whole delay over the kit bags, uh, ironically in St. Kitts, uh, with the delays and and uh, Mike, I read your you know your blog about how there was some sort of confusion, you know, about when the game would start, when the players were going to get to the stadium from the hotel. Um, but taking all of that into consideration, uh, and I can start with you, Mike, and then I'll go to John's, but how, how were the Indian contingent, so to speak, like the Indian fans, how, would, how were the ones you interacted with? Um, I, I honestly had a mixed experience. There were obviously some fans who were very knowledgeable, who were you know, very much interested in cricket. Um, as an example, I met um, a 40-year-old guy who was based out of New Jersey, who has traveled to watch the CPL before, um, who's watched a couple of test matches as well in the Caribbean. And he was obviously very knowledgeable. He knew support staff, even of the West Indies team. So he knew a lot about that, the, the, the teams. He, you know, he was always good about that. And he always wanted to you know, talk to other fans, see what their perspective was. Uh, so meeting such fans was obviously a delight. You, know, you, you learn more about the game and, and uh, more about CPL, for example. Uh, but there were definitely a good chunk of Indian fans who were there just to have a good time and party and and obviously that's it's it's not a bad thing but um it, it got a little bit annoying when we were at the stadium and uh, you know there were a bunch who were just trying to run around with the indian flag and and cheer and and just they were blocking our views um so i think that was a little bit annoying so it was a definitely a mixture and that's kind of why as i mentioned you know i would rather go back with for a test match because i feel like um more serious cricket watchers actually will probably end up there and it would be less um, of just people trying to have a good time. Um, again, nothing against a good time, but 
um, having to remind people multiple times if we're just trying to watch a game uh, really spoils their experience. And that's kind of similar of what I've experienced in India as well, where, you know, you basically can't really take your seat. You just have to stand and watch the whole game, um, which is which is annoying. Uh, but we learned from that. And in the 30-20, we went to the other stand where it was mostly West Indian supporters and we were sitting by them and we enjoyed a good, good uh, T20 game then. Well, let me ask you about that, uh, because it seemed like you explored the island quite a bit as well. Um, I'm curious about the locals, like their knowledge of their game, their experiences. Uh, I know John's briefly mentioned about his own engagement with the local fans. How was, how was yours like? Yeah, so the local fans who turned up in the stadium who were sitting in the stands with us were definitely very knowledgeable. It, it felt like many of them had at least played cricket at some level because they were, you know, they were talking good in depth. Um, the one other thing which I really enjoyed was um, them getting pissed at the West Indian players uh, because they were they were getting hostile when, you know, in the third uh, T20, the West Indies was batting a little bit slower, not taking as many risky runs and, and things like that. And, you know, I could only imagine how, how much worse it would have been for away players back in the 70s and 80s. So I think that was a really interesting aspect. Uh, but as we were exploring the island, interestingly, we didn't find a lot of people knew about the T20. So we would go to a beach and, you know, we would sit at a shack and, you know, order food or drinks and, and just relax there. And people would chat with us and ask why we're here. Are we just exploring? And we would talk about the game and they'd be like, oh, what game? Um, and, you know, so we had to like spell it out for them and they're like, oh, okay, nice. So I think in that sense, it was very interesting because St. Kitts has a population of 53,000 and uh, Nevis, the other island in the country is 12,000. So even within that small population, it was clear that there were a lot of people who did not know the series was ongoing. Um, and I, I think it was partly because the matches were during a festival, you know, they, it was Emancipation Day and, and uh, another uh, culture day for, for them, uh, which is why they were all celebrating and with family. And on top of that, as John's mentioned, it was also election time. So there was a lot of focus around that. Um, but still, I was I was very surprised to know um, how few people, how how few locals knew about the game outside of those who turned up at the stadium. Yeah, exploring um, the journey of the West Indian fan over the past few decades, you know, starting with that whole dominant era and how that has kind of evolved over the last few decades, you know, corresponding to the performance of the, the team on the field. I think that's a whole other topic for another day, um, but it, it, it's an interesting one, nevertheless. Uh, but John, you know, like as your first uh, tour, uh, your first tour as an Indian fan outside of India, um, uh, you already shared your thoughts uh, and your interactions with a few of the players, but how was it interacting with other Indian cricket fans who, who also, I'm pretty sure, traveled not just from India, but from like, similar to mine who came from the US or from other countries. How is that, but also like combining that with watching it with other, you know, fans from other, uh, from the Caribbean themselves during the game? Uh, I didn't interact much, much with Indian fans, especially in the stadium. Uh, we were sitting mostly with West Indies fans and um, uh, they have the clear picture uh, what to do, what West Indies need to do in the next over. Uh, what the batters need to do and we have seen that a lot in TV like especially for test matches there will be some uh, one or two people will be shouting uh, you should be bowling that way you should be batting that way etc we have heard that a lot in TV and that is uh, same thing will be happening in T20 game but uh, we can't hear through TV mainly because of the uh, crowd atmosphere compared to test matches for T20 games but uh, if we are sitting in the stand we can hear that uh, they will be saying, uh, and uh, they are huge fans of be uh, better players as well. Uh, we all know that there is lots of average players in Mercedes team, uh, and there are a few very good players like Shimron Hetmeyer, Obed McCoy, uh, Nicolas Pura, and then Akilu Hussain, limited overs. And uh, these guys have lots of fans uh, among stands 
uh, from West Indies, uh, especially uh, Shimron Atman has got a huge fan base. I never expected that, uh, especially he has been in and out of the system uh, since that World Cup last year. Uh, he had the fitness issues, etc. But uh, the way they uh, they were uh, having uh, having the atmosphere with Shimon Hetmyer uh, when they when he arrived to bat, uh, that was huge compared to other players. Even uh, I didn't exp- I didn't I, I I don't know whether even Nicholas Puran got uh, he's the captain as well. But uh, the and they invite uh, the players. Each players has got, especially Shibra and Man has been huge. So uh, they know us, their cricket really well. Uh, they know their players really well. Maybe they are not unaware of many Indian players or uh, other foreign players apart from the performers uh, who did well in West Indies. They know Shaheen Shafriz really well because I believe uh, he got a five-wicket hold last year uh, in West Indies. Then uh, they know whoever done well in West Indies, but Outside West Indies, they might not have that much clarity, but uh, who have performed in West Indies and the players from West Indies, they know really, really well. And uh, the CPL, etc. has helped them a lot. Uh, then uh, uh, one of the aspects is that they uh, come and watch uh, this practice so well. Um, when we went to have, uh, I, uh, we went for one day uh, to see the practice uh, and uh, it was before the T20 or second T20, and there were around 20 or 25 West Indies people, and they were uploading each sixers. They were saying uh, West Indies should be playing that way, this way, etc. So that shows that they know their cricket, especially their uh, West Indies cricket, really well and what to do and what, who are the future stars as well. It's not like they are going to upload each and every player. That 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 is that I haven't seen, but they have a particular uh, particular player who has done who has proven well uh, in West Indies cricket or in uh, school cricket or in domestic cricket etc. So they knows their talent and who are who are the upcoming talents as well. So that is the one thing I found out. Uh, they knows uh, their West Indies cricket really 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 well. And that's a great peek into the inside, or it's a great peek into almost like the culture of the West Indies uh, fan experience, right? Like, uh, you know, Mike, when you were saying like, like when the fans, the West Indies fans were getting like a little frustrated with the way uh, the players were performing. I mean, it's almost like how social media is during like an India game, people, uh, everyone advising the players what to do and what not to do. And essentially that's what it sounded like in the stadium. Um, But that's, their passion. I mean, it's passion is not exclusive. It's not just limited to subcontinent teams. Every country, even a country like England, you know, the fan culture is unique and they support their players and they expect certain things of their players. It's all very different uh, and it's a very different culturally. Uh, the one thing I'll add is, um, you know, in 2016, when I went to Trinidad, we had a, the test match got rained off because of, you know, poor drone drainage and all of that. But one of the days that we did go, um, we were talking to some of the groundsmen and they were telling us, uh, why are you here? You should go to Tobago. That's the better looking island and, you know, explore that. So I feel like, and again, this is also comparing a test match to a T20. So it may be apples to oranges, but it, it definitely felt like over the last five years, the the st- uh, you know status of the West Indies team has improved, even if you know they may not be giving India a run for their money. There's still a lot of good you know stars and and there's fewer battles of players versus the board, and that's why the interest is reviving, even if you know they're right. they're not on par with England or India. So I think there's definitely they're moving in the right direction because in 2016 people blatantly told us why are you here? West Indies cricket sucks. Just go to Tobago. They have the better beaches. And I was like, oh, I just came here for the test match. Um, so in, in that sense, I feel like it's it's improved. And um, yeah, I, I definitely felt what, you know, Johns was saying. They were definitely, you know, instructing their players and disappointed in them. And they're passionate about their sport, which was, which was great to see. And it is love of the game, right? The people express love in different ways. Uh, yeah. But Johns, uh, Johns, I'm curious now that you've got a taste of uh, you know kind of following cricket outside of India. 
Do you have plans to go to other countries and watch cricket there, especially with the world uh, next T20 World Cup coming up? Any plans of going to Australia? Uh, no, I haven't decided. <laughs> uh, it was sponsored by Fancourt. Uh, this was not from my side. Uh, I, there were seven to eight uh, members was there with the group. Uh, one was the marketing guy. Then few Instagram influencers, as I mentioned earlier, uh, in the podcast as well. Uh, so uh, I haven't decided anything. Uh, but uh, West Indies was an unreal experience. I never uh, thought of getting this much players access. Uh, I never expected right. that to happen. Um, in uh, this uh, call came in July, I believe. So uh, if you ask me uh, in June, uh, saying that I'll be meeting cricketers, I'll be talking to them, uh, I would have just smiled and uh, would have said this would be a joke, etc. But uh, the players' access, if you have an influence, uh, then uh, if you are watching a game outside India, then uh, I believe you can talk to any cricketer. Uh, maybe uh, it will be tough to have a talk with Roy Sharma, etc. Because I haven't seen Roy out of the room much uh, compared to other cricketers. But uh, the way Hardik or uh, Su- uh, Surya, Ishan, uh, everyone, uh, if you have uh, seen them in the hotel lobby, it's not like uh, they all talk to me or not. Uh, there were other fans as well. Uh, there were other f- uh, friends, etc. I don't know. Uh, who are they? But uh, these players were talking to them. These players were having food, uh, dinner with them, etc., etc. Uh, so uh, that is a one thing. If you have the influence, if you have, uh, you will be getting lots of players access if the match is happening outside. That's amazing. I'm I'm glad you got to have that experience. And uh, you know, for someone like you who's loved the game for so long and has followed it so closely. Uh, I'm sure that must have been amazing to interact with the players and kind of get that, you know, it's, 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 it really is a unique experience being an Indian cricket fan and following the Indian cricket team, especially when they're doing well. <laughs> that's, a, you know, that's an altogether special feeling. Uh, but Mayank, as someone who has followed, uh, who has watched cricket in other countries as well, how, how do you compare uh, the experience that you just had? Uh, yeah, so the other country that I've, apart from India, of course, that I watch cricket is England, and I've watched the few games from 2019 World Cup, and I've also watched India take on England in the Test Series in 2018, and hands down, the English experience is just really, really well done. Um, you know, right from getting you into the stadium, the food, you can actually bring your own food and beer and whatever you want into the stadium, all of that is really comfortable. Um and just as an experience perspective, the way the you know digital screen uh, scoreboards work at, at the ground, everything was just very neatly done. And the West Indies, the Caribbean, as much as it is relaxing and you know there's no stress of you know there being too much crowds or there being you know they hassling you too much over little details, um, was definitely not up to the mark. Um, so while I would prefer this over watching a game in India any day, um, that's mostly because of how relaxed the people and how nice the people of the Caribbean are, uh, and less to do with how well organized it was. Um, so as an example, when uh, I think by now everybody knows that the Indian team had issues with their jerseys, and so a number of pe- people were playing with RCB jerseys, including Surakumar Yadav they had his name on the digital scoreboard for a long time and at the ground. I think it only got removed after he was dismissed. So he was batting as Archdeep for a while. And um, yeah, that I was very surprised at that. Um, and I mean, it's, it's not just that, it's also, you know, just the way BBC does it. They have in, in, in England, they have those uh, earpieces which you can, you can buy from, you know, outside of the stand and you can listen to commentary. So it's just really nicely done. So from an experience perspective, it's definitely England followed by the Caribbean, uh, followed by India. India is by far the worst. Um, and to be fair, I've not seen a cricket game in India in five years. So maybe it's improved a little bit. But from what we hear, the from anything from toilets to the food, through the security lines, all of that hasn't really improved too much. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say spoiler alert. Uh, no, the experience has not improved uh, <laughs> from what I've heard from friends. But but ultimately, the both of you, you know, for the for better or for worse, like you know, the experience that you've had of 
you know, going and watching uh, the game in the Caribbean. Uh, that's something you won't forget. And, you know, both the good and the bad, you'll take it. And it sounds like, you know, essentially it's increase your appetite to go, to go and, you know, kind of watch more cricket in person rather than just uh, on TV and through social media. Um, but before I wrap this up, uh, I want to throw, uh, I feel like I have to throw this question to both of you because I know both of you are not just passionate fans of the game, but you follow very closely, uh, you know, how the, the teams are coming along, how the players are performing. So especially with the T20 World Cup coming ahead, I just wanted to give, uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts like very quickly a very quick uh, take on how you feel, uh, especially the T20 squad is shaping up. So I'll start with you, Mike, and then I'll go to John. So uh, what do you make of uh, India's T20 chances and how it's coming along? Uh, I think India have had a really good chance of, you know, trying all their youngsters over the last few series and and they have a few more to go. They're still to play South Africa and, and I believe the Asia Cup as well. So they've done a good job of, you know, having a replacement. Uh, Arshdeep has stepped up and done really well, which will be, you know, heartening for for the Indian bowlers, uh, Indian team management, considering, you know, Bhuvi can go to the distance sometimes. Um, similar with spin, I feel like Ashwin has shown good control over the last few uh, T20Is since he's back. But even then, we also have Ravi Bishnoi and, and, you know, youngsters like him who are just waiting in the wings. So overall, I think we have a very, very solid, um, you know, roster. Uh, I feel like we should be we should be doing well. Obviously, we still have to pick a team and there's so many good players that some of them will have to miss out. Um, so we'll see we'll see who misses out and what form Rohit Sharma and Virat Kohli carry in because it's almost certain that they'll play the World Cup. And you, Jans, what do you make of uh, India's T20 squad that's coming up uh, coming along, and wh- how do you rate their chances in the World Cup? Uh, I think they have very good chance, uh, even though in the last World Cup as well. But the preparation they are having this year, if you look at last year after the IPL. Uh, as a group, they didn't play any match before the warm games, before the World Cup. Uh, but this time, if you look at, uh, even uh, I believe they have played at least 21 or 22 T20 games this year. Then they did play the Asia Cup. Then they're having a series against South Africa, then Australia, then warm games as a uh, so as a preparation on match point of view, they are getting better preparation compared to last year. And as a group as well, we need to wait and watch how. Uh, the Asia, Asia, Asia Cup goes on. Uh, that will be given the better clear picture and clarity as well. What will be the 15? Even though uh, uh, 12 or 13 players are straight forward, uh, like KL Rohit, Isha, uh, uh, KL Rohit Virat, uh, then Surya, uh, DK, uh, Pand, Hardik, Jateja, etc. Then bowlers like Uzi, Bumi, Bumra. And then we don't know the availability of Hushal, etc. So almost 11 to 12 players are straight forward. Then a uh, couple of uh, players we need to uh, wait and watch who will be the backup spinner, uh, who will be the backup uh, batsman for the mid-order sport, etc. Uh, these are the two, uh, three things they need to find out before the World Cup. Uh, but as a uh, team point of view, I think they are shaping really well. Everyone getting the ample amount of opportunity and the fitness as well. Last year we had uh, issues over the fitness concerns of Hardik Pandey, etc. But right now he is really fit and available. Uh, then Sunil Kumar Yadav has been uh, getting one more year experience. Last year I think he played about uh, six or seven T20 international before going to the World Cup. Uh, then uh, the way India has been batting as well, I believe after the T20 World Cup they made that change. Uh, to go with that aggressive mindset. Uh, if you look at, I believe the strike rate of uh, Rohit Sharma after the World Cup is around 145 or 150 something. So there has been a, there has been that the change in attitude in power play, how to take that advantage on. Uh, but still, uh, the Asia Cup will be given the clarity over the team. Uh, then uh, we need to see how KL Rahul coming back as well because I think he played last T20 International for India uh, was in last year against New Zealand. So there has been a break of seven to eight months uh, due to COVID, injuries, uh, then rusting, etc. So uh, we need to wait and watch how that shape up uh, while KL Rahul come into uh, the team. 
Uh, so what I believe maybe DK might be sitting out of the bench as well because if everyone is fit and available, unless then drop uh, one of the big names which won't be happening. So they need to make out some of the calls uh, during the Asia Cup. Uh, so that will be really interesting to see. Uh, but even though they are making some of the calls through Asia Cup, but still uh, they uh, the player the players will be getting that. Uh, game with uh, South Africa series and Australia series are there. So there is still uh, six T20 games left. So uh, the, the players will be better prepared and I believe uh, they can easily qualify uh, into the semi-finals and semi-finals and finals are uh, on that given day. Anything can happen. It's really tough to tell but still I believe uh, they have chances but uh, they might not be a clear favourite but still they have uh, some kind of chances for the World Cup. Well said. Um, I'm getting very good vibes from the both of you for India's <laughs> chances. So hopefully that will be the case. And uh, in, in either case, I think they're already shaping up to be a lot better than how they were kind of in, in the run-up to the previous edition. So, uh, But there's still a while to go, still a couple of tournaments and series to go. So let's see how that all shapes up. But uh, Mike and Johns, thank you so much for your time. Uh, it was fascinating, uh, you know, hearing both of your experiences in the Caribbean recently and just your thoughts on just being a cricket fan in general. So thank you for sharing. Thank you for your time. And uh, Johns, I do hope uh, this is not the last time you come on The Last Cricket. Uh, please do come back. Uh, really want to talk more about your journey, your ongoing journey and uh, your thoughts in general. Sure. Uh, thanks a lot for inviting me as well. Uh, it's a pleasure to come and especially talk to uh, talk about journey to West Indies. Uh, and once again, thanks a lot for inviting me. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Thanks, Chance. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Last Wicket. This podcast is a Cricket Guys production featuring your hosts, Benny, Mayank, Nish, and Himanish. For more details, please visit thelastwicket.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, do let a friend know, rate, and subscribe on your platform of choice. Follow us on your social media feeds and leave us a voice message if you would like to share your thoughts with us. Thank you again for listening. And from all of us here at The Last Wicket, stay safe and stay healthy. Mm-hmm.